Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Hornets. It's Hornets Talk for the hardcore fan. We are coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man, the myth, the legend, David Walker. David, what a basketball game. Oh, boy. That's what it was. It was a basketball game. May not have been the prettiest, but it was, a, in fact, a game. And a Hornets win, so hey, it's all good. A Hornets victory. They get the win over the Los Angeles Lakers at home. A precious home victory, 117-113. to The Hornets now 16-13. and Unfortunately, the Celtics pulled it out against the Grizzlies, so they remain at fourth in the Eastern Conference for now. They are nine and six at home. Let's skip the pleasantries. Let's skip the, the the formal recap because I just want to dig into some of the crazier things that happened in this game, and then stick around because we've got the audio version of Locked On Hornets live. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that yet, we've got that coming up as well. It was a great, really fun show. Good, some good segments in there. So you want to stick around for that. Uh, but this game. I, I, I tweeted it out. It was at all. It was at all points uh, embarrassing, pathetic, yeah. amazing, inspiring. Uh, what else, What other adjectives can we use? The, this sellout crowd, frustrating, frustrating. Electric. I had the sellout crowd there in the Spectrum Center on awesome their crowd. feet. Oh, yeah, awesome crowd. Half of them were Lakers fans, but that's fine because the Hornets sent those Lakers fans home disappointed. Before we get into the craziness that was that third quarter comeback down from down 19 at one point, let's talk about what went wrong in the first half, David. What what did you see there in the first half? Many, many three-pointers were shot, and, and almost as many were made by the baby Lakers, Doug. And a lot of them were wide open, and Clifford talked about that in the postgame, just saying, hey, you know, they, they didn't get out. They didn't cover these guys closely enough. And guys like uh, Nick Young and... Um, Oh gosh! Well, yeah, we had Nick good. Young, you had D'Angelo Russell, you had Lou Williams, Jordan Clarkson had Lou, several threes. Yeah. Clarkson, Clarkson, Williams, and Young. I mean, those guys were wide open. He's like, look, they're professional scores, they're professional shooters, and if they're going to be that wide open, then they're going to get going. And like they let them get going, right? And, and, yeah. they, and they couldn't stop Clarkson for the rest of the game. So I mean, that was the big thing. They gave up forty-one points in the first quarter, Doug. That's that's not good. It's it's not great. But see, here's the thing: so the the Lakers are young, they're athletic, mm-hmm. they love to shoot the basketball. They basically ran a Warriors type of offense against uh, the Charlotte Hornets in that first half, where they get the ball up very quickly and they're not afraid to take shots early in the shot clock if if somebody is even just a smidge open. And those shots were going down and here's the thing with the Lakers they run a Warriors type of offense that makes sense they're coached by Luke Walton who was an assistant for Steve Kerr in Golden State and when the shots go down you see what what can happen unfortunately they don't have those Warriors shooters all the time so that's why they've lost now 10 of their last 11 games Um, but the Hornets were the problem was so you know you take some of those shots and you go okay well they're just making their shots early on the problem was the Hornets were not matching the Lakers' energy at all. And uh, the, the other problem right. is their speed and athleticism was beating up the Hornets' skill lineups time after time. And the Lakers went small, which which we knew they would do that with Randall and Nance down low. And the Hornets tried to match that with size uh, with Kaminsky and Hibbert. And it worked the, on the offensive end for the Hornets, Kaminsky and Hibbert were able to get some things going, but they just could not stop uh, what the Lakers were doing uh, from the three-point line. And and then they were getting, then they started getting to the basket against Hibbert and Kaminsky because again, right. Randall and Nance very athletic. It just wasn't a great matchup for the Hornets early on. Yeah, twelve of eighteen 
in the first half for the Lakers from three. I mean, you're not going to be in the lead in many games if your opponent does that. So um, that was frustrating to see, but a big couple buckets down the stretch in the first half by Kemba. I think he had a three late to like keep it manageable. Clippers spoke about that in the post game too, that it was like 14 or something, a workable margin. I mean, that's all you wanted to do because they, they blew out to such a, a big lead that the Hornets just had no answers for those guys. And, that's concerning. <laughs> I mean, I mean, honestly, it's concerning a little bit. I know they're running that Warriors D or that Warriors offense, and and they can shoot. But I mean, that has been an issue and was in the in the road game, and they kind of cleared it up a little bit. But I just think it's going to be something they're going to have to deal with all year. It doesn't look like it's getting corrected anytime soon. Well, the only thing that's concerning, David, is that I just think the speed at which the adjustment was made. It, it took until mm-hmm. the third the late in the third quarter mm-hmm. or really early in the third quarter, but then r- late in the third quarter, they went really, the Hornets went really small, but the, the adjustment to, to go small uh, took a little longer than, than I would have liked. Uh, and I think they stuck with Hibbert and Kaminsky a little too long. If you're a Hibbert fan, this is very concerning because, you know, if teams are going to continue to go small like this against the Hornets, then they really have no choice, but the, uh, Hibbert only got nine minutes in this one. Don't know if he yeah. played any in the second half, um, but just it, it's tough. I mean, it's it's tough as the Hornets figure out what their lineup is going to be for the playoffs. Do they do they go small? Do they try to go and find an answer, find a more athletic power forward, maybe on the trade market? I don't know what the answer is. But well, luckily, and the intensity, yeah, and the intensity right. that you mentioned. I mean, no, no matter who was out there, the intensity was not there to start the game. Physicality that Clifford's been preaching was not there to start the game. It was definitely there in the fourth, in the fourth, and even in the third. I mean, when they got back into it, you could tell they amped it up, but um, there it just wasn't there to start the game. And we've kind of seen that from them in the past. You know, when you had a few days off, maybe maybe come in not as ready or something. I mean, I can't imagine that they just they just got jumped on early. Yeah, but let's talk about that third quarter rally. It actually started off pretty poorly. D'Angelo Russell gets the two makes, including a hesitation move that he put on Kimba and Marvin, completely froze the defense, put them up 17. Clifford, immediate timeout. This was minutes or seconds into the third quarter, and he was just chewing them out like I've never seen. And Spencer Percy, uh, our friend, uh, former host and uh, editor at Queen City Hoops, tweeted, maybe in jest or maybe he actually said this, I'm not sure. But uh, the, the quote from Spencer was, stop feeling sorry for your bleeping selves. Yeah. And, and whether he actually said that or not, I don't get it's it. I can believe it um, because believe it. he was he was just getting into these guys and whatever he said. It worked because the Hornets went on a 15 to nothing run to pull within two. They were down 75 to 60 early in the third quarter, 75 points early in the third quarter. They come all the way back. And David, this wasn't your normal coming back down from 19. We've actually seen the Hornets come back down from 19 this season, but this wasn't, this wasn't normal because normally it's like, oh, they, they hit a couple shots. They haven't been hitting shots. This was, an intense, I mean, just on both ends of the floor, the guys were flying around and it was all of a sudden a a switch was flipped Mm -hmm. and and this was an aggressive 15 to nothing run. They were getting to the basket, knocking down shots, getting steals, getting stops. It was inspired. I'm not often inspired by basketball, but it was inspiring to watch these guys turn it up. Yeah, so what's the deal, <laughs> right? I mean, where's that to start the game? Do they need something like that? Because Clifford said even – and uh, Batum and Kemba said halftime speech was not like, you know, he wasn't peeling paint off the walls. It was pretty much calm, and they just said, you know, what they needed to do. I think the players said some stuff to, the, to themselves. But then he mentioned that first timeout in the third quarter there that he was not as positive <laughs> in the huddle. So I can believe that, 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 that Spencer quoted there. I mean – he had to be he had to be fed up, uh, but I, I don't know. I mean, this is a, kind of a veteran group, though, right, Doug? What do you do? What do you where, where do you go with that? I think part of the problem, David, and this is this is not an excuse because I don't think that a starting unit should need this. But there's really not a player off the bench, and I'm not even I'm not counting Marco here because Marco really gets things going late, and he gets it going with the starters more so than he gets it going with the second unit. There's not. I think Jeremy Lin was so great last season because he provided provided a lift and energy when the starters weren't on the floor, and it mm-hmm. and and I think that was was it just kept it kept the energy level even throughout the game, 
And and I don't think that exists on this Hornets roster. And so, you know, if there's nothing to save them from a bad start, you know, there's not in terms of energy, in terms of intensity, there's not that player that exists. And again, that's not an excuse because Kimball Walker, Nick Batum, uh, Cody Zeller, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, although I'll say MKG was one of, I, I tweeted this, MKG and Kimba were probably the only two players in that first half who were not playing polite basketball. You know, the Lakers yeah. were not being polite. They were, no. they, I mean, Swaggy P was doing his swaggy thing. Nick Young uh, uh, stunting out there on the court. Uh, Julius Randle was blocking everything in sight, being aggressive <laughs> no. on the boards. Yeah. Yeah, they, they averaged three blocks a game, and, and they blocked twelve Hornets shots. No, last night. they I mean, were be, not, they weren't being they weren't asking for the basketball, and the, the Hornets were being polite and letting them mm-hmm. uh, completely destroy them on the boards. And except for MKG, who was he wanted the ball, he was being aggressive with his back down. Aggressive, but yep. yeah, I don't I don't think that that player exists off the bench that can that can really get the starters going again. And luckily, uh, Clifford was there. To provide that bounce, I want to talk about one crazy sequence. Eight thirty-four left in the fourth. I don't know if you saw this, David. Seven offensive rebounds by the Hornets mm. on one possession, yes. including four from the man I just talked about, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. They couldn't pull off the seventh couldn't chance score. point. That's amazing. <laughs> the seventh chance point. Uh, and yeah. then on the other end, David Lamb uh, hangs off of Clarkson a little too much, and and D'Angelo Russell zips a pass across the defense to Clarkson in the corner, who knocks down another three to put the Lakers up five. I honestly, that was in the fourth quarter. I honestly thought that that might be it. And then uh, yeah. later on, five twenty-three to go, out of a timeout, Lou Williams gets fouled on a three-point shot. He hits all three to go up six. I thought that was it. The, the, plenty of chances for the Lakers to bury the Hornets in the well, fourth quarter, yeah. and then thankfully and then, they're a young team, right? I yeah. mean, thankfully it's a young team. Yeah, and I then, mean, that's that's the upside. And then Marco Bellinelli in the fourth quarter. Marco, man, he is. I mean, honestly, how good has he been? I mean, Rick Bunnell tweeted out that Marco Trey is looking better and better. I don't think it's even a discussion at this point, yeah. and it hasn't been for the better part of December. I mean, he has been so much better than anything you could have hoped to have had from most of anyone you would have drafted in that slot. I mean, certainly this year, right? And I know there was a lot of um, negativity towards that trade. It's not the most exciting thing, but it's pretty exciting right now when he's out there just firing off threes and, and long jumpers to keep this team going. Yeah, after after that sequence, so less than six to go in the game, he hits two three-pointers, one out of a beautifully drawn-up baseline out-of-bounds play, David. Zeller elbow screen for yes. Kemba. Zeller's man shades, uh, I believe it was Randall, to keep Walker from catching the inbounds pass. Then Zeller beautifully cuts to the rim, gets the inbounds pass from Nick Batum. He draws the defense down. Everyone has to adjust because of that initial action. He fires the pass weak side to Bellinelli for an open three. It didn't, it didn't want to go in. But damn it, it went in. Uh, and then the sure. other one was just um, a scramble play and, and uh, a hustle play by Kimba to get the uh, offensive rebound and hands it off to Marco, who knocks down a beautiful three. Let's talk about Kimba to end this. 28-8-10 yes. for the game. He almost had a triple-double. 15-6-6 and, 15, six and six in the second half. I'll take 15-6-6 and, six and six in a game. But how about in a second half? His rebounding was the story, though, David. Well, that's something that we highlighted from the out of the Hawks game too, right? Yeah. He got two big rebounds down the stretch, and he got what? You, what do you have? Eight? Did you say last night? So yeah, eight um, rebounds and, and a couple. And, yeah, and a couple big ones. I mean, so like I said, when you're getting that from Kemba, the smallest guy on the court most nights, unless you're playing the Celtics, then uh, it goes across the whole team, and that is the physicality, and that's the aggressiveness Cliff, Clifford is looking for. But I mean, that is just that is just. That's not something he was really doing, Doug, right? Like, we, he was doing everything else. I mean, he may have gotten a rebound here or there to start the season, but these rebounds out of nowhere, I feel like, are, are a bit of a new trend. And if he can bring that, you know, if that's something else he can bring to the table, I mean, geez. This was a mammoth performance from Kimba, and the two rebounds mm-hmm. that he gets could not have come at, at more opportune times, less than 30 seconds to go. And you have to understand, he's played 40-plus minutes already. I mean, what was his energy level at that point? I can't – to muster the strength to get uh, – he gets his own three-point miss with less than 30, and he just times the jump perfectly, and he was hunting for that rebound. It didn't just – the ball didn't come to him. He went to the ball. And then less than 10 seconds to go, uh, uh, I believe it was Nick Young who put the three up. 
to, and that would have given them the victory, or well, put them ahead at least. But uh, mm-hmm. luckily, Nick Young misses, and Kimba Walker doesn't give Randall a chance to get the board. Beautiful record-breaking night for for a, a couple of Hornets. So Kimba, first of all, sets the record. He now has five career twenty-five point ten assist games. That's the most in Hornets franchise history, ahead of four each from Raymond Felton and Baron Davis and three from Jamal Mashburn. And then uh, from Hornets PR, Kemba with 28 and 10 and Nick with 23 and 10 are the first two Charlotte Hornets players with uh, 20 points and 10 assists in the same game since 2012. And then here from Chris Kroger of WFNZ, Kemba and Nick are the second Hornets duo with 20 points, 10 assists, five rebounds in the same game. That's the first time since Larry Johnson and Anthony Goldwire uh, in uh, March yeah. of 1996. There are a couple of <laughs> names, David. All right, real quickly, before we get to uh, a Locked on Hornets Live, your big takeaway from the from this game. Well, I was just about to say, I mean, it's clear to me, and this is not breaking news, but I think this team just depends so much on Kemba. You know, he was such a big part of that comeback. For them to be successful, he almost has to score this 28, 30 points a night. It's interesting. He hasn't hit 30 in about a month. Um, so that's how consistent he's been just putting up these 25, 26, you know, points in the game. You saw it at the end of the game against the Celtics without him in there. It was just a, a massive gap in, uh, in competition and talent level, whatever you want to call it. But I mean, again, that's nothing new, Doug, but it's, it's becoming more and more apparent that they depend so much on Kemba for them to be as successful as they want to be. He's got to be in there every night scoring and now rebounding and handing out assists. So, He's just hugely important, and I think he's going to wrap up that all-star bid very soon. Yeah, that was one of my big takeaways as well. My other two, Steve Clifford showed his ability to rally the troops in the middle of a game. I thought some of the tactical adjustments came a little slow, but he got the team motivated when it counted, and and that's all that really matters, essentially, especially, I think, come playoff time. And then uh, the second one is, now that the team is healthy, David, I think we're starting to get a glimpse at how this team will be constructed for the playoffs. So you've got Kemba Walker and Nick Batum playing big minutes. You've got Marco Bellinelli closing out games and playing big minutes. And, um, you know, you've got Roy Hibbert starting to fade back into the rotation. Ramon Sessions not getting as many minutes as well. And I just think that comes from the fact that you're going to be playing Kimba Walker big minutes and there's no really playing them side by side. Marco Bellinelli is taking the Lynn minutes uh, instead of Ramon Sessions. But, you know, Sessions... Again, he just, he just doesn't hurt your team, and I, I don't. I just don't think the Hornets need to go out and look for a backup point guard because th- that's it's not. I don't. I just don't know where those minutes are going to go because I think if you take away if you take away Hibbert's minutes and make this a nine man rotation, those those minutes are probably getting divvied up between uh, Kaminsky and Lamb, or you know, insert player X that they go and try to round out the rotation with. But it's it's going to be interesting to pay attention to that. We'll keep an eye on it. Um, let's get, let's send it out to locked on Hornets live. We taped this last night. It was a fun show. If you want to watch it, it's much better visually. You can head over to YouTube right now, youtube.com forward slash locked on Hornets. But if you want to keep your headphones on, if you're driving, check it out. Locked on Hornets live. It was a fun show. Welcome in. This is Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. It's Hornets talk for the hardcore fan coming to you from the Gittimer.com studios in BEA, beautiful uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson, joined by the man in the middle, my co-host on Locked On Hornets Daily, David Walker. That's me, Doug. Excellent description of me. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's what I'm here for, just to describe you and get out of the way. And holding (laughs) down the left block, hell, he's holding down the entire block at Trade Street in Caldwell. Joining us live from Spectrum Center in Uptown Charlotte, he covers the Hornets. He's covering the Hornets right now. He's on the job, folks, for ESPN Charlotte, Justin Thomas. Justin, what's going on, my man? Uh, Nothing much. You know, I'm back here hanging out. I don't know if you call this uh, backstage or whatever but you know i'm back i'm back here pretending like i'm in a great room have so you all as well have you ever been backstage at a concert justin i have one new kids on the block uh mariah no, actually, carey it was it was uh Redman and method man actually Method. Redman and Method. Wow. That's a good God. one. What's back? What's, yeah, what's back, going on what's back there? Like what's that? going like, on back there? Describe a little hazy, maybe? Um, you know, actually, I was really young, so I didn't get any of the uh, young adult festivities. I was just there for autograph purposes. Hey, Mr. Mister Method Man, can I have your autograph? Yeah, 
It was about like that. We took family pictures and all that good stuff. <laughs> We've got a great show ahead. We intercepted some gifts meant for Hornets players by accident, or maybe we beat up saying, I don't know. We'll, uh, we'll send them back, but first got to show you what the Hornets players are getting from old St. Nick. And the Hornets are finally out of their scheduling gauntlet. Should we expect a different team moving forward? But first, we have to do what we always do at the beginning of the show, and that's step back. Three things we saw in the past week of Hornets action that made us scream louder than the N64 kid at Christmas. David, start us off. What you got? Steve Clifford has been begging. He's been pleading. He's been crying for some physicality. That's what he wanted for Christmas. He Hit needed somebody. it. They didn't have it against the Wizards. They had it a little bit better against the Pistons, or excuse me, the Celtics. Yeah. But then against those pesky Atlanta Hawks, they brought the physicality. And the captain, Kimba Walker, showed off that physicality on two important rebounds here in this fourth quarter against those Hawks. I have one of them here. There's just gonna one warn. of them is the, the, the defensive rebound that he just – Tussled away. It goes up. He's the smallest guy in between three guys, one of whom is Schroeder. Come in there right at the last second. The other one we don't have Mm -hmm. uh, was ended up in a Marco Bellinelli three point play or three pointer. Kimba took the shot, got his own rebound, and got two more shots out of that possession, ended in a big Marco three pointer. I love it. I mean, that's what you need from Kim Walker. That's what you want for your leader. It, it, It epitomized what this team was doing in that game and how they won a very important. End of road trip game. I'm sorry I didn't get the second video for you, but at least I did remember to loop them this week. So, hey, Mark, happy game day to you. Yeah, it is game day. The Hornets taking on the Lakers tonight. That's why our friend uh, Justin joining us via phone. And uh, what's going on back there, Justin? I heard, uh, was that a Raptor? thought we were playing the Lakers. Uh, Yes, uh, they they are playing the Lakers today. (laughs) Um, But there is one somber thing about them playing. My Los Angeles Lakers. Your, I didn't oh, know geez. you were suiting up tonight. Okay. Uh, what position no do you Kobe play? Um, you know, I'm a play guard. <laughs> There's no more Kobe, uh, Justin. I, I, no one told you. It's He's not coming back. Not uh, yeah, I, I didn't realize that. So I started <laughs> looking at Lou Williams and Doran Clarkson and realized, oh my God, Kobe isn't here anymore. But, you know, the Hornets are back in action tonight. And I'd like to assume you can expect some good things. But every time I say that, it tends to turn out to be the exact opposite. It's, it's, it's been true. up and down. Yep. Hey, Justin, what are you stepping back to this week? Now, what am I stepping back with? Are you are you ready for this? Because that was a great question. <laughs> Yesterday, um, Clipper was addressing the media, and uh-huh. one thing I praise Clipper for is his perspective. And he, he made some interesting comments. I asked him about how they were going on their, on their stretch of 18 and 32. They finished that 8 and 10. And he said, you know, wait, wait, I Justin, I have, I have the video. I have the video and the audio. Let's, so you, you asked him oh. about that stretch and coming out of that stretch and, and how he felt about the team out of that stretch. Here's what he said. If you look at the East, uh, you know, Cleveland and Toronto have separated themselves from everybody else. And I would say there's like, oh man, 10, 11 teams for six spots. You know, we're one of those teams and, um, it's just like what's happened in the NFL. It's going to be the teams that get better. You know, I told the guys today I was watching uh, the Green Bay post-game press conference yesterday, and Aaron Rodgers said, yeah, we're winning because we've gotten better, because we practice better and we've gotten better. It's going to be the same thing in our league. It's going to be the teams that keep getting better. And uh, we have to play more consistently. I think the last two nights our defense was better again. We played with more physicality. Um when our purpose on offense is good, we're very good. That's you know been up and down too, but you know we have to play with more consistency. All right, so there you have it, Steve Clifford at practice. Justin, what other than the Aaron Rodgers drop? What interested you about those comments? It's about his perspective. Yes, the Hornets are fifteen and thirteen; they're a little above five hundred, and and that's not great. But no NBA season is won or lost after twenty-eight games. It's a long eighty-two game season, and Clifford understands that. You know, teams aren't playing their best right now. Now, you might have, you know, like the Warriors and, and Cavs and, you know, like Rockets that have been playing really well, but Clifford always says it, is you want to get better. So if you think, okay, at the 28 games, we're 15 to 13, and we're fourth in the East, could you just imagine 
how they could be if they played consistent basketball night in and night out. Mm-hmm. And Clifford, if he knows one thing, if, if he knows how to keep these perspective and he understands what's ahead. So I think he's going to continue to preach that message and, and hopefully you'll see a, a, a trend that continues as the season progresses of the Hornets playing good basketball. Yeah, it's tough. You know, coming out of that road stretch, they do go one and one and four there, David. But at fifteen and thirteen, they lead their division. We talked about this morning the ESPN projections: eighty uh, plus percent to go to the playoffs, seventy plus percent to win the division. I mean, those are good numbers. This is the team is in a good place if you understand where they've been in the schedule. Yeah, especially considering that rough road trip. And we looked at the the schedule coming up, right? I think that's a big thing. They've got to make up that ground that they lost on that road trip in the next two weeks, right? They've got a very winnable slate of games, starting with the Lakers and then the Bulls. And then next week, I believe, uh, don't quote me on this, Doug, the Magic is in Magic, there. And the one heat. more before, and the Heat, right before they play the Cavaliers again at home on New Year's Eve. So I do think it would help to get a little buffer uh, you know, against these other teams because we saw it last year when it's so tight in there and so jumbled up any little advantage you can find will help you yeah and brooklyn that's the other team right so those are winnable games and and this is kind of a sleepy week between christmas and new year's and the holidays and family a lot of plenty of distractions to be had but they got to lock down and and focus on winning some of these games all right real quick i'm going to step back uh to the atlanta game as well let's take a look at this video it's the final uh play here marvin williams with the nail in the coffin my favorite play of this past week and he was so so excited about it. Here's the other angle. Just instead of splitting the screen, Kimbo decides to fire that pass right into the shot pocket, and Marvin could not be more excited. So we're excited too, and and I think that's a key. You know, I mean, they stayed healthy through this road trip, but they still need Marvin Williams, Frank Kaminsky, other guys to step up and and knock down shots. So that's the step back three. Let's talk about the question of the show. Each week, we're asking our question of the show. Send us your response on Twitter at Locked On Hornets, and it will pop up uh, on the screen next to us. Or if you're watching us live on YouTube or Facebook, uh, just leave it in the comments, and we'll read them later in the show. This week's question is: If you could improve one skill, you get one skill for one player to improve the Hornets team right now, what would it be? So that's the question of the show. And uh, let's see, David, uh, why don't you, yeah, why don't you? Yeah, let me take this over for you, Doug, because we got a little Doug special here. Appreciate it. Uh, It's been a rare event to see these guys in December after a full practice because of the month uh, that has been chock full of games. Everyone around the team is making a big deal about this two days rest thing, Doug. And you had a chance to swing by practice. I did. And uh, catch up with Marvin Williams and find out what could lead to an uptick in some wins. Given the option of a game or practice, it's not often an NBA player would even entertain the choice of practice. But after a stretch of 33 days without two days rest, the Hornets were relishing an opportunity for rest and regrouping. One practice can really go a long way. It kind of gets you back to building some of the habits that you started before you met a stretch like that. So uh, just getting an extra day of rest and obviously just one more day of practice is always good. The stretch began all the way back on November 18th against the Atlanta Hawks in Charlotte. The Hornets won that game in a 100-96 thriller to move to 8-3. 16 games and four back-to-backs later, the Hornets faced off against the Hawks once again, this time riding a four-game losing streak and facing the prospect of falling to 500 in a competitive Eastern Conference. But it was Marvin Williams' three that put the Hornets ahead for good deep in the fourth quarter. Williams doesn't believe in excuses, no matter the scheduling difficulties. A lot of guys in here have been around for a long time, so at one point or another, you've endured a stretch like that before. So, like I said, man, don't look too far ahead. Just focus on the day that's in front of you, whether it be a practice day or a game day. Marvin may not be ready to admit it, but head coach Steve Clifford saw the effects that this stretch had on his team and even his staff. When you literally every day is either uh, getting ready to play or it's game day, you know, it can, it wears you on you a little bit. So to have two days off is good. Um, And actually, we have two days off again between the next two games. So I think it will give us uh, a chance to get refreshed and then hopefully have good energy, you know, as as we go through this stretch here. The Hornets finally got a day to breathe Sunday. But Monday offered them an opportunity to refocus on the things that led them to that early 8-3 start. Our defense hasn't been great the last couple of games. We really worked on that like for more than an hour today. It's been a while since we did that, and a day like that was useless. The Hornets currently own the NBA's sixth best defensive rating, 
but that number drops to 20th over the last five games. With the Hornets' offense inconsistent at times, they'll need to get back to the tough defensive team they were early on. The season is still young, and many schedule traps lie ahead in the months to come. The Hornets will have to stay focused and stay healthy if they want to maintain their division lead. You really got to try to focus on your body, getting your rest, eating the right foods, make sure you stay hydrated. And again, Coach Cliff does a great job of making sure guys get enough rest. He may cancel a shoot around here or there. Uh, he doesn't really make us practice very often when he's going through a stretch like that. So he definitely does a great job of helping us, and we have to do a good job of taking care of our bodies as well. From Charlotte, Doug Branson, Locked On Hornets. Big thanks to Hornets PR for helping us out with that report. That's the kind of thing we want to bring you here on this show and on our daily show as well, Insider Access. So what do you guys think about uh, about getting some rest finally for this team? I mean, it's I think it's a bigger deal than than one would think, the two days. Not just because of the rest factor of getting fresh legs, but I think of getting, again, getting that in-depth practice and especially for a team like this, right? That's a team defense. You know, they they don't they're not going to rely on two or three guys to really anchor their defense. Everyone has to be on the same page, and to do that, to get there, you have to have the practice time. Yeah, it's a grind, right? I mean, anytime you just when you're in that uh, span of time and you're just game, 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 and you you mentioned not having those two days off and some time to practice, some time to come up for air, that's going to affect guys, especially when you just can't seem to get over that hump. Like this last road game, road trip, right? They were close in all of these games, save for the Celtics game, which was without Kimba. But you know, you just couldn't get one of those wins to go their way, and so they needed that win in Atlanta for a lot of reasons. But I think you know. To end on the on, on a good on a good note, and then get out of there with a win was important. But you're right. I mean these these days off and just to to get back home too. I think that's important because they do need to get their home winning record up. They're eight and six now, but that was a big boost for them last year. They're they're 500 on the road, but a key to being you know 40 to 50 win team is getting those home wins. Yeah, they got to get the home wins. So let's go to Justin, who is live uh, in Spectrum Center, joining us by phone. Justin, what do you see against the Lakers here, and then uh, Chicago on Friday? Uh, what do the Hornets have to do to get two straight road vict- or two straight home victories? You know, I would I would love to to say something very in depth and, and give you a lot of great things, but we would love that too. Do it, Justin. Don't be afraid. But just, <laughs> but just just being around this team and knowing Clifford is, you know, usually you play a team, you say, oh, we have to take away this player, or have to do that. Clifford always says it. You just like when you're not playing well, you just don't show up and play a great game. That's not going to happen. But you're going to have to play your game and play that game well. That means low fouls, low turnovers. That means good defense. And that means being efficient. Mm-hmm. And, and one thing, uh, playing the Bulls and the Lakers, they aren't two tough teams. I mean, they could, now the, the Bulls have some things that can make, make some difficulties for you. You know, Chicago, you know, uh, excuse me, I said the Bulls. The Lakers, the Lakers also have some young guys that can score the ball and do some things. But the Hornets, are the better of those two teams. Yeah, so, so the, but, they have to, yeah, they have to go out there and make their shots for sure and, and keep it up on the offensive end. But it all starts with it all starts with defense in my mind, David. Uh, if you look if you look at the splits, wins versus losses, and you take a look at points per game, you take a look at field goal percentage, even three point percentage, it's relatively the same whether this Hornets team wins or loses. But then you flip it over to uh, the opponent percentages, mm-hmm. field goal percentages in uh, losses for opponents, 47.7 versus 41 in wins. In uh, three-point percentage, 39.7 in losses versus uh, 30%. They hold teams to 30% in their victories. And then points per game, the Hornets giving up 111 points per game in L's and 94.4. That's significant in victory. So it starts at the defensive end. It will start there against the Los Angeles Lakers. Also, the Lakers... Uh, they're, they're big fans of stealing the basketball, especially that that bench unit. Well, Nick Young too for the starters. He he loves to steal. Jordan Clarkson, uh, D'Angelo Russell can steal the basketball. So uh, the Hornets will have to actively limit their turnovers. This is a they're playing a team tonight that's going to want to nab that basketball. Yeah, and that is one of their strengths, or it typically is for the Hornets to not turn the ball over that much. But you're right. I mean, they stick to the basics. You know, they stick to what works well for them. But you look at some of those percentages in the losses on that road trip and. The, and the, the opposing team was not only launching a lot of three-pointers, which we've harped on a lot, but they were allowed to make them, you know, as well. So that's right. I mean, you look at what they're giving up to their opponent. The shooting percentages were, were insane on 
on some of those losses. So that's what, again, that comes back to some of the physicality too, right? Absolutely. No, it does. And because there's, so obviously they've got to keep teams off the boards. I mean, that's, that's one of their strengths. And that's in my mind, I, you know, I asked Marvin too, about what, what he, what he thought physicality meant when Clifford harps on physicality. And, you know, it's, it's about yes, bodying up, you know, offensive, keeping guys off the offensive boards. But there's also a sense of physicality in terms of closing out fast mm-hmm. enough, in terms of giving, giving it your all uh, every single possession. I mean, that's it's tough to do, but that's what's required when you don't have that, you know, superstar that can carry your team on an off night, which the Hornets just simply don't have. Uh, So that's definitely a factor as well. Okay, time now for a favorite segment here on the show, Question of the Show. Always question with the Q. Questions help us learn things new. Question marks are very cool, especially when you're in school. Always question when you try. You'll find who, what, where, when, why. Question marks are very fun. Let's break them down now one by one. All right, question of the show. If you could improve one skill to one player to improve this basketball team, this comes to us, by the way, from Captain Kurt. Shout out to Captain Kurt. What's going on, my man? How you doing there behind the glass? Dropping the drop. He's not. He's like, look, I am trying. I am focused, and you are taking me out of my zone. Don't do this to me. Okay, well, Captain Kurt, he's also we have a special guest in the studio, Calamity James. You're going to hear from her coming up here in a few minutes. Uh, she's hanging yes. out with us. Uh, she's going to be a big part of the show. This is it's exciting. I Your tell family, you, we're, Doug. we're family. We're growing. Everything. Everything's like solid. my two dads in here. <laughs> we are busy over here. We cannot be bothered. That's right. Okay. Okay, guys, <laughs> calm down. Um, we're going to have a studio revolt here in a minute. Okay, let's get to the question of the show. If you can improve one skill to one player to improve this team, what would it be? Tweet it to us uh, at Locked On Hornets. Uh, let us know here on the YouTube chat or. Um, what else can they do? They can email it to us, buzzbuzz at lockedonhornets.com. We'll read them on the next show. Uh, okay, first up, David, what you got? For the improvement, Doug. That's For the what improvement. you would like. Yes. A lot one of ways skill, you could, one player, yeah, improve the team. A lot of ways you could go on this one, but for me, one of the things that has been sticking in my in my and crawl. Crawl? Yeah. yeah. Crawl or my crawl? Crawl, crawl, right? Mm-hmm. My pesky crawl uh, has been Marco Bellinelli's man-to-man defense, and we highlighted okay. that a little bit uh, last week. Anytime you see an easy open layup, I play a little game where I pause it because I have a DVR. I pause it boop, boop. and I run it back, and I just trace yeah. where that man came from. And ninety percent <laughs> of the time, he's coming from Marco Bellinelli. Uh, and Marco's been fantastic; he's been awesome. He's it looks like it looks like one of those family circus. You remember the family circus <laughs> cartoons with the dotted line where the kid would run around? Yeah, that's what it looks like. Uh, there's also like one of those, like you can see the wind gust go out from, you know, when he's going around. And exactly. Well, anyway. no, you know, sometimes this is God, great well, for a podcast, by the way, here's the thing. Yeah. If you're listening, we apologize. Here's the thing about Marco though. His, his offense as of late has for been sure. making up. For so I think sure. you're, you're picking nits a little bit. I but told you about my crawl. Okay. Your I'm, crawl, okay. You have a very sensitive crawl. I'm just saying that was the thing that came to mind. I think because, hey, look, in a couple of those losses, a basket here or there, an easy layup here or there, you know, it could have made a difference. Now, look, it's basketball. Stuff happens around the flow of a game. But that's one thing that I would choose for my man, Marco Bellinelli. Justin, what do you think? We got, we're got. we going to bring you back in here. We had, we had a little noise issue there before. Yeah, man, you know, like, uh, all right, back, back, back to folks. <laughs> Um, you know, I thought about this. I got really excited when, yeah. when I saw this question. And, but I already know what it is. You know, when we watch this game, fans always ask, you know, Batum has, you know, a near-max deal. You know, why is he not scoring enough points? And I realized what could change all of that. Okay. If Nick had a better ball handle. If hmm. Nick had better handles, Nick could create his own shot. Because you got to think, he's a solid defender. He's a solid shooter. He's a great passer, but usually when, when you know of guys that can score, they're either really athletic or they can handle the basketball. Mm. And if Nick Batum had a much tighter handle, he could definitely become a better scorer. And scoring would definitely help this basketball. Ooh la la. Uh, yeah, I, indeed. I think that's David. You think that's fair? I mean, I think you know everyone has deficiencies in their game. I think you look at Nick Batum's. He does. He's he's methodical. He's just slow with the basketball in terms of because he's a guy. well. He knows he knows that the ball moves faster in the air than it moves on the ground. That's that's science, folks. Yeah, that's math. That's just okay, facts. facts are facts. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think you're right. He, he does. He finds his own shot by virtue of his length. Would you not agree with that? He doesn't find it via his. I agree. You know, he's not going to uses his body position, body positioning and, and length to rise up over guys. He's, he doesn't necessarily have to use the handle, but you know, Justin's right. If he had a handle, he'd probably at that point, you know, he'd be a superstar. I think then you've got, he probably would. that's the fifth tool, you know? Yeah. Okay. Doug. Good. <laughs> All right. Here's my Your one turn, thing. Branson. Here's my one thing. And, and I got echoed uh, by one of our Twitter followers. Uh, the, the Twitter follower said Frank Kaminsky's athleticism. Uh, I'm going to say Frank Kaminsky's defense. Okay. Uh, and I already mentioned the offensive splits versus the defensive splits. It's obviously an issue on the second unit. It has been uh, inconsistent as well. Although strangely, as of late, the second unit, the full bench unit, has been doing a great job of preventing three-pointers. Over the last 10 games, uh, 2 of 11, I believe, is the final count. And they'll be tested tonight. They will be very tested tonight, yeah, with uh, Clarkson and Lou Williams. The uh, number one bench scoring unit in the league, uh, the Lakers. True, but which one of those guys is going to defend... Keep Ramon away from the rim, or which one of those guys? Is well, be able? Sometimes Ramon Look, defends himself. Here, well, that's fine, but but Marco has been hitting Marco has been hitting shots over way tougher defense than those than those two cats. So. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but in the last five games, Frank Kaminsky has distri- has a distributed field goal percentage, or most most people say defensive field goal percentage okay. of fifty one point nine percent, meaning fifty one point nine percent of the shots that came his way ended up in the bucket. His he's shooting 47.3% for a grand total of plus 4.7 for the opposition. So he's a net negative on the defensive end. Carry the two, you get what I'm saying. Gotcha. For the season, for the entire season, it's 3.5. So his defense is is heading in the wrong direction. Um and but he's having some success limiting three-pointers. But he just can't stop anyone at the rim right now. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that his closeouts are too aggressive and, and guys are getting rim runs. He's unable to really physically match up with some of the bigger matchups that he gets. Um, so it's all around been a struggle. Although I will say that against Atlanta, I felt like he had a tough matchup. He had to go up against Kent Bazemore because they were, they were going small. They brought Bazemore off the bench. I mean, and that's the tough spot about that position, right? I mean, if he's playing the stretch four, right, he's going to be put at in some seven, tough spots. At seven feet tall. I mean, jeez. Doesn't have, it doesn't have the, the size either. So it, right. it's, it's tough. But at the same time, that's what I think. It's the missing piece on that second unit. If Frank Kaminsky plays better deep, because the problem is when they – What's really been bad defensively for the second unit is when they have Ramon, Marco, Nick, Frank, and Roy Hibbert. That's been the the death lineup for the Hornets defensively. And yeah. so if if Frank can can be a little bit more physical at the rim or or keep players from driving, that's the big thing. It's not even when they get to the rim, it's keeping them out of the paint. That's going to help Roy Hibbert. Uh, he'll he'll be able to provide that help defense as well, but now, do you think that can come? Because I thought that Frank last year had that issue on offense. I mean, I didn't think he was very strong with the ball. I thought he's been more aggressive and more decisive this year. But he's an offensively wired guy, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he's he's an offensive player. I mean, that's why they drafted him. Um, do you think he can develop that sort of uh, of toughness on defense? And, and under Clifford's tutelage, I mean, look at the guys that have come through that are historically not defensive guys basically everybody i mean most for the most part anyone who's come through here has been better on defense than they were well i said prior. look i said this on 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 94.3 the game in greenville this morning mm-hmm. um on the mark pascal show take a listen to it by the way on itunes uh, search mark pascal p-a-s-c-h-a-l uh I said this. I don't think it's going to happen this season. No, I think it's got it, it, it works they, in the off season. But I, I'm in, I'm interested to see these next two games because again, I think that his his descent you can you can measure it and look at it against their really tough schedule because I feel like Frank more than anyone needed time to regroup and figure some things out. So they got a whole practice full of in-depth defensive work so if he doesn't perform well against the lakers and he doesn't perform well defensively against chicago 
then Houston, there's a problem. Yeah, I just think it's always going to be an issue because of that athleticism, right? I mean, he is seven feet. Um, I don't see him getting a whole lot more athletic uh, going forward in his career, but that doesn't mean he can't become a good team defender and play within the system. Right. You know, that's what I'm saying. You need him to be an average defender for sure. Okay, uh, let's get to – so here's what happened. Uh, Some people, I think, got got a little confused. They sent – Gifts to the Hornets, not gifts, but gifts. Gifts? No, presents. They, uh, were, they were sending Christmas presents to the Hornets, got confused, and they ended up here at Locked On Hornets. I have a few of them here. Actually, the first one has been sitting on our desk, melting a little bit. Um, this is a, uh, so this was the first one. A frozen burrito got sent uh, to the Hornets. Can you guess, uh, David, which which Hornet was supposed to be the recipient of this present? Well, it's not Marvin because he likes those healthy foods. That's right. He just said it. He said, keep your body right. Keep that eating good. Now, this is going for Marco because he's he's the microwave. He's heating these things up. (laughs) This one's already kind of heated up. I think it's almost at the point where I could rip it open and eat it right now. A little little halftime snack time. All right. I've got the box of presents here. Got uh, next up two plane tickets. Two plane tickets, uh, ex- uh, one way, not one way. <laughs> We're not sending them there forever. Okay. Uh, okay. These plane tickets are to send Kimba to the All-Star game, David. Media members, right? We, we can use them now, media members and players. I'm, I'm, I'm holding out hope get. that we're going to be on that panel. <laughs> I'm Kimba Walker, and I approve this message. All right, we're going to go through these quick because we're running out of time. I got a pillow here. This pillow sent to the Hornets actually got sent to Locked On Hornets instead. This was for the entire team because they need some rest, David. Oh yeah, we already talked about that, right? Take a snooze. Take a snooze. Take get some rest. Put Two your, days put rest. Put your Netflix on. All right. And chill if you want. Oh, this is a good one. Uh, this is uh, a, an open lock. An open lock because the seat are wrapped. That's weird. Uh, what's that? What? Well, <laughs> I unwrapped unwrap them. them. You I unwrapped unwrap them. them. You know, my brother did that to me one Christmas morning when yeah. we were young. Before I woke up, he opened up all my presents. This is for the. You ever heard of that? Opening. He opened up all of all your of presents. All of mine. What did he open up? His. He opened up every present. To me. <laughs> he opened them all. It was the worst Christmas. Uh, this open lock is for the CBA because we're we're not going to have a lockout. Oh. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. Lock it up. It's so exciting. I, I can't believe it. I can't believe we've had. It seems like every labor dispute has ended in a lockout, however short or long. Well, and it only makes sense. I mean, we talked about this a little too when much the news money. broke. Yeah, it's money for everyone, and everyone likes money. You and I like money. We have some. We would We'd like, like some get, more. We would like to acquire. That's where some you more. come in. All right, this uh, next one, a pair of oh my god, <laughs> a pair of goggles. I can't get these on. I'll just have to hold them. This pair of goggles for Mar- uh, these were addressed to Marvin Williams. Because he's trying to get that sh- get that three uh, point stroke okay. back. All right. It looks like I'm I'm about ready to go pod racing. I think you just really got Star Wars on the brain. Have you seen Star Wars have seen, yet? Have you guys heard about this Star Wars? All right. It's gonna be big. It's gonna be huge. All right. Last two presents. Then we got to get to the showdown. I've got. Well, let's bring let's bring Justin Thomas back in. If that oh, herd of, let's see if that herd of elephants has passed yet there at the Spectrum Center. Justin, are you are you there, my friend? Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm still here. I've, I've been listening to all the good stuff. All right. So, Justin, I have your present here. Um, this is a Jackery. Uh, this is a rechargeable battery for your smartphone. There we go. Because your smartphone's always going dead. And, uh, you, you know, so this this is going to help you out. I'm going to bring this to you at the game here in a few minutes. So be looking. You know up. what? Merry Whoever, Christmas. Whoever did. You know what? Uh, that's beautiful right there. <laughs> oh, All right. right, and this is this is a final gift. By the oh, way, this is well. My. Let me give you your gift. So check this out. I'm going to put this up on the screen so that people can see it. Um, this is a basketball sneakers of the 1990s. Whoa, poster. Doug. Yeah, pop that bad boy up. And you. Then, um, I get you. I, I don't know. I don't know your like framing habits, so I didn't want to like frame it for you or anything. Well, I take all my framing needs to frame warehouse. In Charlotte. Go. Oh yeah, it's yeah. delightful. Our our friend, our, friend. Uh, our, our good friend. friend Alan over there. Yeah. Um, so check that out. Unfurl that oh. for, for the fine folks. Look at that. Look at that, you Look dudes. That. You just put that on your put that in your. Oh man. In your Doug. This is. Uh, this is what. This uh, is, by uh, the way, this is what uh, he gave to me. This is an Anthony Mason. 
Oh, this is beautiful. Anthony Mason, uh, the it's, starter It's a starting figure. lineup figure that someone has fashioned yeah. into a Christmas ornament. That's beautiful. By by piercing poor Anthony Mason's <laughs> head open. Rest All right, peace, guys. Anthony. Okay, let's get you set for a week. Justin, yes, final word, Justin. What's up? You know, I didn't, I didn't have anything good to say. All right, good. You're great. Okay, let's... Let's get you set for a week of golden opportunities for the Hornets, plus a little controversial cam talk for you Panthers fans. Saddle up. It's time for the showdown. Welcome to the showdown with Clancy James. Here are the matchups to keep an eye on this week. The Chicago Bulls have had a very streaky December, starting with a win against Cleveland, followed by losses to Dallas, Portland, and Detroit. Those losses were followed by home victories against San Antonio and Miami, then losses to Minnesota and Milwaukee twice, even getting blown out 95-69 at home. Following that game, head coach Fred Hoidberg had one of the longest practices of the year and described it as training camp in an effort to get back to the basics and ramp up the Bulls' energy. Apparently, it worked because they then went out to beat Detroit 113-82. Players like Dwayne Wade, Rajon Rondo, and Jimmy Butler are always going to be tough to play against, but it's their unpredictability as a team that makes them particularly difficult to evaluate. After all, we don't know if the Hornets will see the Bulls team that beat Cleveland and San Antonio, or the one who lost to Dallas and only put up 69 points against Milwaukee. But I guess we shall see on Friday. Lakers rookie Brendan Ingram is one of the most versatile players in the NBA, and even played point guard in Monday's loss to the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Lakers' core players are very talented but very young, and the young versatility does lead to mistakes, similar to what we saw Milwaukee make during our games earlier this year. First-year head coach Luke Walton is attempting to undo some of the damage former head coach Byron Scott did with these core players, but he still has a ways to go. Still, the Hornets have to stay on their toes for this one because if they aren't, it could turn into another game like they had versus the Wizards. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell said this past offseason that player safety is going to be a priority for the league and the officials, with a special emphasis on helmet-to-helmet hits. However, after the Panthers' first game, the officials admitted they missed two infractions against Denver. Since then, some have speculated that the officials aren't calling these penalties when they happen against quarterback Cam Newton because of his size and playing style, and Cam has continued to take the hits. He even met with Goodell in an attempt to get more calls to go his way. However, with another roughing-the-passer call last night that not only went unflagged, but actually got Cam a penalty, Goodell has to step up and hold his officials accountable. That said, since Cam clearly can't rely on the officiating to protect him as a quarterback, the burden ultimately rests on another group who could use some stability, the Panthers' offensive line. You got a gun plenty? Or would you use yes. Good stuff there as always, and, and just really hard-hitting stuff on the Panthers there. Accurate. I mean, accurate. Very accurate. And, and, and somebody needs to say it, gosh darn it. All right, thanks there for <laughs> thanks to thanks to Calamity James as always, and she's joining us uh, in studio. She's gonna be she's gonna be around the show. She's gonna be doing much more. So just uh, follow her on Twitter at Calamity underscore James. Okay, one last thing, time Eric Collins. We got. It, I feel like Eric Collins is just the one last thing MVP friend of the show. He's gonna he's gonna take us out of this show uh, with a little holiday rhyme uh, from a few weeks ago. Check it out. It's the so what do you do in Dickery Dock? And don't forget to hang up your socks. Man, nobody does it like he does. <laughs> nobody can. It's it's impossible. Hey, thanks so, thanks so much for listening to this live edition of Locked On Hornets. However you celebrate the holidays, stay warm, stay safe, and stay kind. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on iTunes and stay up to date on the Hornets every single day. Email us your Hornets thoughts and questions and comments to buzzbuzz at lockedonhornets.com. For David and Justin and Calamity James and Captain Kurt, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. What's up, Santa? Let's form Charlotte.